Halloween is really a special time, isn't it? Especially for me, a jack-o'-lantern. At Halloween time every year, I sit up here and watch everybody go by. It's a nice and scary time, isn't it? All those wonderful costumes and masks and makeup. I think about how much fun Halloween is. I also worry a little bit about the things that can spoil the fun of Halloween. Those kinds of things scare me too, but in a different way. Corey, have you got that pumpkin ready yet? Corey's going to carve a pumpkin with her dad. It takes a sharp knife. And you know, sharp knives can be dangerous if they're not used right. I'm glad that Corey's father is helping her. It's much safer that way. <laughs> Getting my inside scooped out tickles me. <laughs> It'd tickle you too. If you were a pumpkin. <laughs> safety reasons. And listen, if you dare. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. I am Dracula. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself. Hello, my devilish divers. Ooh. Yes, welcome to week two of Horror Month at the Deep Dive podcast. Every week in October, my co-ghost, <laughs> Manda, and I will cast an evil spell to conjure some of our favorite fright flicks available on screaming media. Ah! <laughs> Ugh, that was weak. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wigs Chop Movie Magazine, available on Amazon.com. And joining me here in Studio D, where the D stands for devilish, oh. it's the Maleficent Manda. Ooh, that one's good. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Welcome to week two of Horror Month. Yes, and it's October, where there's a chill in the air and one down your spine. Ooh. Ooh. So yeah. here in the frozen wastes, or soon to be frozen wastes of New England, this means, uh, you know, apple cider, pumpkin carving, fall foliage, and deranged loners stocking the fruit cellar to prepare for the culling. Is this the purge? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, we've got some fun stuff planned for you, but we've also got some fun stuff that you can buy. Ooh. Don't we, man? What a spooktacular deal we have going Ooh. on. If you are interested in why wouldn't you be, head over to our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com, and then check out our merch stand where you can find a lovely, spooky, limited edition Halloween t-shirt from us at the Deep Dive Podcast to you with lots of love. Now, these are limited, right? Because Halloween doesn't last all year long, even though I wish it would. But they are wonderful, cool Halloween t-shirts you can pick up for pretty cheap. Cheaping is, uh, shipping is not that bad. And they're super comfortable. And you can wear them in your house because you're not going anywhere else. And you can eventually maybe make a mask out of it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. 
but check them out they're limited edition and they're super fun i'm wearing one actually now i can verify that yes yes you're actually here i'm here in the studio i'm here this is so great it's been like six months since i've seen another human i love my husband but another human's nice too (laughs) (laughs) admit it you love your family but your cat's getting on your nerves oh yeah oh god yeah yikes but yeah welcome back to in the studio this is the second week of the horror month which as you know is our most fun time ever indeed and if you want to get a little uh, sneak preview of what's coming up just listen to last year's episodes they were super fun we had guests we had some really horror horrible movies yeah good uh that was a good cover-up yeah yeah it's fun i'm excited i got a lot of stuff to go through so i hope you are um well caffeinated Yes, indeed. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a good idea. But this episode's going to be special too because we're doing kind of like a like a twofer almost. Kind of a twofer. Yeah. Yes, yes. we're kind of splitting it up a little bit. Amanda uh, is going to be uh, taking the uh, haunted locations mm-hmm. section. Well, my picks will be about uh, hellaciously horrific uh, hell gates. Hmm. Like the ninth gate. You love that movie, don't you? No, nobody does. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny Depp. No. Sorry. No, no, no. All right. Nope. So, do you have any movie news? I don't. I don't have any movie news, per se. Mm. So, maybe, maybe we should get right into the action. Ooh, say. I'll go first. All right, go for it. All right, here we go. Lizzie Andrew Borden, born in 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Not too far from here, I oh. should say. Why is she so famous? Well, if you didn't know, on August 4th of 1892, both her father and his stepmother were brutally murdered in their home with a hatchet. And the sole suspect, Lizzie Borden herself. Took an axe. To her mother, gave her 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. (laughs) Come on, everyone knows that rhyme, right? Yeah. So, a little bit of backstory here, because I imagine most people, they know about Lizzie, but... Let's see. While she was eventually acquitted due to like mismatched data evidence and unexplained details and just really uh, unchecked things by the police, um, basically the eyes of every beholder has judged her guilty. There were things such as she was found burning a, uh, a dress and she claimed that it had paint on it so she burned it. She uh was not consistent in where she said she was all her testimony was sort of back and forth and they always canceled each other out but basically the story goes on the 4th of august 1892 her stepmother was brutally hatcheted if that's even a word to death in her upper bedroom and then when her father came home for some reason some weird reason the door was jammed and it took a shove by the maid to get it open for him lizzie claims to then have put on her father's slippers for him while he took a nap on the couch well evidence would show by a picture that he was actually wearing boots but you know whatever the maid testified to hearing lizzie laugh and and that could only have happened if she was nearby as in the upstairs bedroom lizzie denies this of course she testified that she was taking a stroll or a sejourn around but she had never left the house um 
so basically it's, it's it's just filled with trial mishaps lizzie was not checked for blood stains um subsequent checks of her room were definitely uh, outside of any viable timeline and they proved nothing uh in the basement police found a hatchet head that was with a freshly broken handle which they presumed to be the murder weapon and it was concurrent with slash and hack marks on the uh i won't go too far into it because it's kind of gross <laughs> on the victims um, but they found that there's some deliberately applied ash to make it appear as though it had been sat there for many, many years. But it was obvious that it wasn't. Let's see. Now, before the murders took place, there was a mysterious illness that took over the house. With some people saying that it was due to the bad or sour milk. Turns out, though, a few days beforehand, Lizzie was inquiring at the local uh, pharmacy, as it were, about some sort of poison poison that would help clean her furs not suspicious at all not at all she claims that it was so diluted and she only wanted to clean but most people who are of the scientific nature argued against that it would have no antiseptic properties at so at all whatsoever so why was she why was she needing it well turns out they tested the milk and they tested the bodies and there wasn't any poison in there but it just seemed odd right so turns out after five days of trial Another axe murder happened in Fall River, Massachusetts. So now they're thinking, well, this lines up. She must not have done it. Turns out the gentleman who was proven guilty to have done that was nowhere near the vicinity when her parents were murdered. Mm. Full of contradictions and by both Lizzie Borden herself and by the police, they had no choice but to acquit her. Wow. So she went on to live a life in Fall River, Massachusetts, in the same house, basically, before she bought a new one, as her parents were murdered, and everyone thinks she's guilty. She's still, even now, despite being long deceased, considered the only suspect. So posthumously, she has been, uh, I guess, reignited um, and re-given the title of suspect. Like, she wow. never lost it, right. but she couldn't be tried again for the murder because of the whole de- double jeopardy thing. Yeah, yeah. So why is this kind of like a weird haunted place? Well, this place is very close to us in Massachusetts, and it's said to have contained the ghosts of her parents who float around mysteriously but can never leave the home. Why do people say that? Well, guess what? It's a bed and breakfast like it was back in the 1890s. It still is. You can rent a room right now. Or is it a dead and breakfast? Oh, that was good. That was good. I didn't think of that. Shame. (laughs) But you can basically rent a bedroom in the Lizzie Borden breakfast, bed and breakfast house for around $300 a night. Now, I know that's a bit of pricey, but can you really put a price on magical hauntings? Mm, no, not at all. No, no not at no. all. Mm-mm. You have your choice of staying in the room where her mother was murdered, in the living room, in the maid's room, or in Lizzie's room itself. Ooh. Ooh. Now, there is a movie. There's in fact there's tons of movies about this right but there's really one that i'm going to refer to because it's my favorite and it is the 1975's made for tv movie starring the one and only elizabeth Elizabeth montgomery yes oh my god the legend of lizzie borden it's so good right yeah so if you didn't if you've never visited massachusetts around this time in the little town of salem Mm -hmm. a lot of people get this idea that like it's creepy and there's like lots of witches around for whatever reason but there's actually a statue dedicated to elizabeth montgomery in her role as the witch on bewitched tv Mm -hmm. show now i loved that tv show my grandmother and i would watch it like reruns all the time 
I loved that show. Mm. Fun fact, her and Lizzie Borden were actually related sixth cousins really? once removed. Huh. She didn't know that while filming, apparently, wow. and someone found it out, like some genealogist found it out later, but how creepy that is, is that? Creepy, yeah. So, this, why, why do I recommend this? Well, one, it actually sticks to the facts, but about like 95% of it is pretty historically accurate. They even use testimony that was said in the actual trial. Now, where it is a little bit stylized, because of course it is made for TV, they show some sort of scenes that one can interpret it as as Lizzie um, proclaiming herself guilty of this crime. In fact, one scene is where she, they determine that she must have killed the parents while not wearing anything in order to avoid having any blood-stained uh, clothes or whatnot. Um, it's not necessarily clear if this is like a flashback or if this is Lizzie saying, this is how I would do it. Because she's kind of crazy. Like, they, the film actually shows her being prescribed morphine, which they say kind of messed with her mind and, and led to all these contradictory uh, testimonies and whatnot. But this is a really fantastic film. It's actually really long, too, for a TV film. It's 96 minutes, mm. which was pretty long even back then. Um, but it's so well done. Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery is creepy as heck. Yes, yes. And she's really... It's, it's such a departure from Bewitched. Oh, yeah. It's such a departure. Um, it actually went on to win Best Miniseries. Really? It got I, Oscars. I it got two Emmys for costuming. Huh. It was nominated for Best Picture at the Golden Globes. In fact, it's pretty highly rated. Uh, IMDb gives a 7.7. Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 83%. Wow, that's not bad. It's pretty high up there. Now, here's the bar part, and I'm so sorry for my readers, but the obscurity comes in, well, how do you see it? It's not streaming anywhere, and it's not available to rent anywhere that I could find. You have to buy it. And you have to buy either a VHS copy or some copy that someone's put onto DVD for you. Where can you buy them? eBay, Amazon. Mm -hmm. Some of the copies that I found are 50 to 60 bucks. I was lucky enough that my mom actually had a VHS copy, and the VCR still works, <laughs> albeit really loudly. So, <laughs> yeah, that might not work anymore. But... I remember watching this a long, long time ago because they replayed it on TV a lot during this. And I remember not understanding at all what any of it was about and being terrified that, you know, my mom was going to get her head chopped off. So it, la it, it, la it left a lasting impression. But basically, amongst all the current ones, in fact, there's one with Christina Ricci. Um, I think it's called the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Um, there's uh, quite a few movies that just recently come out. I think this is one of the best and stands the test of time. So I think you should watch it. Wow, pretty good. Yeah. And now, some breaking movie news. Movie news. A quick search has found that The Legend of Lizzie Borden is on YouTube for what? free. What? It is on YouTube for free. That's right. And actually, several people have uploaded it uh, over the past years. So yes. You can find it for free and watch it right now. Isn't that cool? Thanks, Tom. There you go. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yes. Let's get back to it, shall we? All right. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Oh, Actually, great. thank you for letting me know that because now I'm going to go home and watch it. Uh, yeah, I this think is, I'm going to as uh, well. It's such a good movie. <laughs> it's such a good movie. It's and really it's so good. creepy and it's scary, but also doesn't really have like a lot of typical horror facets, right? Yeah. You're not seeing like tons of blood everywhere. It's not like that. Exactly. Oh, but it's so good. And Elizabeth Montgomery is so good oh, in it. Yeah. 
Well, that's I my had first a crush pick. on her when I was a kid. Oh, that's creepy. No, it's not. <laughs> Did you? It is in no way creepy. <laughs> oh, that's my first pick. Nice. And and you know what? I'm if pandemic wasn't happening, it would be a really cool thing to visit her house. Yeah. I mean, I could fork up three hundred bucks easily to do that. Mm-hmm. If I had three hundred dollars, I would do it. Nice. But it's a place you can visit. It's still around and it's creepy and people say it's haunted. So that fits. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Your pick. You're doing the hellish hellhounds. I'm doing basically the uh, hellish, like uh, hell gates, hell spots. Gates into hell. Gates into hell. Gotcha. Bill and Melinda Gates. Uh, <laughs> Which we love, by the way, and he warned us about this pandemic. Yes, and they're not trying to insert chips in you, okay? Just, okay, just calm down. Yeah, thanks. Now, my first pick is something of a minor cult classic. Uh, As a young man, I could find this movie on virtually every video store shelf. Remember video stores? Does it star Tim Curry? No. (laughs) It's not legend. Uh, It is, to me, kind of this perfect little snapshot of the 80s. It's sort of like Stand By Me, but with demons. Oh, wow. And... Of course, I am referring to the 1987 film, The Gate. There is a passageway to the most evil place you can imagine. A gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs. Pray it's not too late. Okay. All right. Now, basically, this is your... You know, average everyday kids versus demons that spew forth after an evil-looking tree was uprooted and a strange rock was discovered underneath it that leads to a hell mouth. All right. Now, all you need is to add a couple of human sacrifices, and the gates of hell will open, unleashing demons all over the place. I don't know. To me, that sounds like a refreshing change of pace as to what's been going on. But what do I know? Because people can actually exit their houses. Yes, you can go outside. (laughs) But you might get eaten by a demon. Yeah. Or you can just go out to dinner. Hey, take a chance. At a real restaurant. And, you know, okay. (laughs) Instead of having takeout all the time. So this is uh, this is kind of a, you know, it's it's goofy. It's uh, quintessentially 80s. You have the main character is this like 12 year old kid. Uh, and his best friend, and their, or, uh, the, and his uh, his older sister. Their their parents are gone. Um, so the kid notices that this huge, giant, evil-looking tree has been, you know, taken out. And underneath is this looks like a geode or something. It's like, nice. But it bleeds, and it, it's it's kind of crazy. And they, you know, basically underneath this is a hell mouth, and these. Cute little teeny tiny about foot high demons start popping out of it and creating all kinds of problems. Nice. Uh, and you know it's basically this kind of uh, kids versus demons kind of thing. It's fun. It's a fun '80s movie. If you so was like it Buffy that the Vampire Slayer. Uh, no, not quite Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> this was you know a little earlier than that. Uh, but it's it's really for me just total horror nostalgia mm. served up on a plate. Right. The main kid, the the, the the lead, is played by a preteen Stephen Dorff, who of course went on to have a substantial acting career, including playing Deacon Frost in the first Blade film, and more recently he was in uh, the series True Detective. Mm-hmm. So he's one of those guys where you're like, oh, I've seen him before. In uh, pretty much everything. 
And, you know, but you, you never can remember his name in a lot of ways, but hmm. that's Stephen Dorff. He was really good. He was really good as the kid, as the main lead. Wasn't he also in Blade? I just said that, yes. Oh, did you say that? I did say that. Oh, I'm really sorry. Yeah, you, you got to pay attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was the bad guy, Deacon Frost, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was directed by a guy named, and I'm going to butcher this name, Tibor Takas. I don't know. Uh, he also directed the uh, abysmal sequel, which was Gate 2, The Trespassers. <laughs> uh, nowadays, Tibor uses his uh, talents, I guess, to direct cookie-cutter Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> that's what he's doing right now. That's a departure. Yeah, ooh, that's, you know. Honestly, you know, I actually had no idea those movies even had directors, to be honest with you. Um, I thought they were all just written by an AI. And, and directed by one of those talking Hallmark ornaments. So those are fun. Uh, there's some good special effects, a little bit of, you know, eye gouging uh, and blood and goo and stuff like that. Typical for the kind of, you know, that kind of movie. And since it's all practical effects, it's kind of fun. They're a little cheesy and, you know, it's not like uh, everything's been CG'd because, you know, that gets old fast. Uh, it's just, you know, gooey, goofy, nostalgia-inducing silliness. For me. But I love it. And so it's it's best if you just watch it while, you know, eating some Pop Rocks and chugging some Jolt Cola. Oh, Jolt. Yeah. And I am pretty certain that I have a copy somewhere in VHS sitting in a box in the garage, which I'll probably have to <laughs> dig out now. Because I, I did, I actually uh, dug out my VCR, which is like, actually, if you look right over there, it's it's like right on top of my printer. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it works. But it's a, a Mitsubishi. It must work. I would think so. I hope it does. I don't I have the remote for it, so I don't know how, how Mitsubishi much, made VCRs. Uh, yeah, oh. it's, it's insane. So I'm going to try. I got to try that out and see if it still works. That's awesome. Um, but yeah. Now, The Gate. Fun little movie. I highly recommend it, especially if you like 80s nostalgia. Uh, it does get, as far as scores go, about a decent 6.1 out of 10 mm-hmm. on the Internet Movie Database. And uh, 55%. On Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not quite fresh, but, mm-hmm. you know, who, who really pays attention to those things? I mean, who really is fresh these days? Oh, who's fresh? <laughs> uh, it is available to rent on most of the major streaming services like iTunes, Amazon Prime Video, and Voodoo for the low, low price of $3.99. So, The Gate. The Gate. Recommended Halloween Horror Nostalgia. Nice. There you go. I like that because it, it it's... um. It's not childish is the wrong word to say it, but it brings up those emotions in you. Yes. Like the land before time for me. Right. Exactly. Only it, with like murders and stuff. Yeah. 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 The land before time with murders. <laughs> Instead of like murdering entire uh, species and all that. You know? <laughs> oh God, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so here's my second pick and it's definitely obscure for me, um, but it is probably one of the, the most uh, entertaining, scary and horrific short films I've ever seen. And I decided I was going to continue on the theme of haunted places in Massachusetts because, well, that's where I'm from. And also, like, um, you're in a pandemic. You can't see the people, but you can go explore these uh, really random, you know, off to off the side places. Have you ever heard of the Hoosack Tunnel? I 
can't say that I have, actually. Well, Hussek is an Allegheny word or a uh, Algonquin word, as we would call it. It's a Native American word, but it's built. It's named. Uh, the tunnel is named after that. And it is based in Massachusetts. Um, and it would take you from, you know, Massachusetts all the way up to the Green Mountains and all the way down to Florida. Like it was a huge town line, a huge train line. But it was it, it never worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, and in, in that, it was supposed to take a couple of years. It ended up taking 22 years to build. It had a budget of five million dollars and ended up costing 21 million dollars. Big dig flashbacks. Exactly. We're having PTSD now. But um, also 190 something employees died in really weird and scary Ooh. ways while constructing this tunnel. Huh. In fact, one of the biggest um and most widely known episodes is when a bunch of miners were working um some noxious fumes were released of course as it, it does happen when you're in the mines that's why they used to bring canaries in so because they would faint first and they'd be like ah poor canaries um and something ignited and it caused everything to sort of cave in on itself and there was about 15 to 20 miners down there that um obviously passed away now a few hours after the tragedy happened they sent someone down on a um like a ladder rope and they and they got so overwhelmed with fumes they said nope there's no survivors no survivors well years later it turns out there actually was and they were in the process of building a raft because there was water coming up um before they eventually just either suffocated or drowned so that's kind of where the horror part comes in right because people now believe that there are ghosts living in this mine shaft now this film is 11 minutes long it was made by a polish uh, company and it is really not available anywhere here in the states i found it on youtube now it deals with this man who is the reincarnated body of one of these miners wow. right and he travels from poland to massachusetts hmm. reliving these memories of this really lonely guy who's just been wandering around the ether waiting for someone to inhabit his soul or you know vice versa um and it just basically explores a tragedy of what happened there real life event turned into this 11 minute short film but it's creepy as heck Yes, wow. it's creepy. And the interesting part about it is that because of the the tragedy and, and everything that happened within the, 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 the construction of this, ton- this tunnel, um, it actually gave way to more modern safety practices in that now there's usually even numbers of men that go down into tunnels, and that's to... Uh, Basically, so you have one buddy, you have a buddy mm-hmm. system. Yeah. And so the idea that, is that um, if something happens, at least half of them will get out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it led to um, companies being responsible for the untimely deaths of their employees. Um, a big portion of this money that it cost them to eventually construct the tunnel was going to the families of these miners who, you know, um, passed away. And in fact, there's like something like 190 something people who died. It's kind of like the wall of China in Massachusetts, because if you know, the wall of China actually has buried bodies buried in it from all the workers that died while building it. And, you know, what's interesting is that it's kind of like the same thing with Hadrian's wall up in Scotland. But the funny thing about Hadrian's wall is that while it does have bodies and stuff and like Romans buried in it, it doesn't actually uh, it's not a full, complete wall. Like you can just go around it. Huh. OK, <laughs> look at a map. It's just so yeah. funky. I, I digress. Anyways, this film is available. It's 11 minutes long. It's on YouTube. It's called The Husek Tunnel, and it's by... It is in Polish, right? So it's got, like, a, a subtitles on it. Mm-hmm. But it is... Um, 
creepy. It's mind bendingly creepy. And even with the subtitles, you know what's even if you didn't have them, you know what's going on. Um, so you can check it out. And it it got really high ratings on IMDb. In fact, we're talking a 9.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Wow. I'm not even joking. Yeah, that's intense. It's intense. And now, of course, it's only got you know a few ratings because it's not necessarily wide known right, here. Right, right. But 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 it is. It's just it's a great movie and and I and I think for a short film it's definitely worth watching. You can give it eleven minutes. It also won a ton of awards, like a ton. Um, in fact, it went to the International Horror Film Festival in two thousand and sixteen. It won for best uh, short film, and it also won the New York City International Film Festival in twenty sixteen mm. for best actor wow. in a horror short film. Um, so yeah, you should check it out. And again, available on, on, IT, on YouTube for free. And I don't know if they actually like that because you should be able to purchase it from their website, you know, and support the film directors and whatnot. But it was good. Wow. I got to give you props for digging up, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, the obscure ones. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm taking a page out of your spell book. Dang. Oh, get it. Yeah. yeah. Now we can talk about Hocus Pocus. No, we're not going to talk okay. about Okay. Fair enough. So in keeping with... My topics, which is, of course, is, you know, hellish hell gates and hell mouths and, you know, hellaciousness. So uh, my second pick is a movie that I must have seen on cable TV dozens of times Mm. when I was a kid. Uh, it, It freaked me out for many of the same kind of reasons that The Exorcist did. Um, because, you know, as someone like myself who was raised Catholic. Yes. Any horror movies that had kind of like Catholic elements in it, sort of like, you know, the own A wayward priest. Yeah. Yep. Things like that always had kind of a, a, an impact. Right, because you, you f- you're fearful. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're God-fearing, as it were. Well, yeah, thankfully, though, eventually I gave up Catholicism for Lent years ago and never went back. <laughs> never went back. <laughs> Aren't you Irish? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. It's okay. A thing. Now, the movie in question is 1977's The Sentinel. It's one of the nicer tree line blocks in New York, and only 20 minutes from the center of town. Oh, and just around the corner, there's a supermarket and the cleaners. That's Father Harron in 5A. He's blind. Blind? Well, then what does he look at? There is danger everywhere. There is evil. Evil everywhere. Turn around, Allison. Look behind you. There is horror. There is darkness. I think Allison may die. But watching, waiting, warding off evil, there is hope. The Sentinel. Never heard of this one, right? Negative. Yeah, this, and this surprises me, and you'll find out why. So, in the movie, there's this fashion model. Her name is Allison. She's kind of in a, in a fragile mental state, mm. right? She's, you know, she's had some problems. Um, now, she is moving into a beautiful old brownstone apartment building in Brooklyn Heights, New oh, York. Oh, yeah. That's gorgeous. Oh, it's, it's so nice. It's old. But it, it's it's gorgeous. Now, the apartment itself does have a few issues. Uh, you know, there's old plumbing, uh, creaky floors, odd neighbors. Oh, and, uh, and and the building itself is a portal to hell, which I don't think they said in the, uh, the listing. <laughs> That's false advertisement it on the part of the landlord. I know, I know, <laughs> really. 
$900 a month, shady windows, two bedrooms, oh, and portal to hell. Portal to hell. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but does the hot water work? Okay, we're good. <laughs> uh, the apartment is starting to have, after she moves in, a strange effect on Allison. Uh, because, I mean, she's she's had, she's made some suicide attempts before mm. she moved in, and so she's been, you know, like the verge of a nervous breakdown. Uh, and it seems as though the apartment itself is having an effect on her mind. And not to mention there's, a, of course, a creepy priest who is always looking out of his window on the top floor it's of always, the building. They're always creepily watching something. Yes. Yeah. This is even creepier because the priest is blind. Ooh. And, every, and, and you know, Allison's always wondering, what could he possibly be looking at? He can't see. Didn't see that come in. Oh, but <laughs> Uh, and he's always looking out of this window. Right. All the time. Like, all the time. And, as it turns out, the old priest is the sentinel. He's standing watch over the gates of hell to ensure that no evil escapes. Because even though he cannot see, he can sense the presence of evil mm. that may try to escape Mm-hmm. But because he is like ancient, like a very, very old, uh, a new sentinel needs to be chosen to take sure. his place. So that's kind of where we sort of wind up as the plot of this. Is she the new sentinel? Well, I don't want to spoil it, but yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, what did I, ju- I just did? It uh, came out 35 years ago. We're good. What? Uh, so, yes, she is she is tapped to be the new sentinel. Uh, but there's this uh, other resident of the building who has plans of his own. Is it an old creepy guy? Yes. Mm, fun. And, uh, you know, and his plans do not include helping to find a new sentinel. Maybe kill the sentinel? Perhaps, yes. Ooh. And having done so, there will be no one to watch over the gates of hell and the demons can be let loose. It's like Black Friday up in here. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Although I don't think that's happening this year. Uh, yeah. We'll the see. whole like COVID thing. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, now, this is kind of uh, an unusual type of haunted, you know, kind of movie because it's it's an urban gothic uh-huh. in a lot of ways because it takes place in New York. Yep. Right where that's also, you know, New York is always a character. In a it's like Moonstruck. Film. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, yeah, in no way is it like Moonstruck. Stop that. Um but it is it is an odd kind of urban gothic feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so much atmosphere to this movie. It's it's creepy. It's got some very very disturbing imagery, especially during the film's climax, where we see demons and stuff like that happening. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a blatant cash grab after the success of The Exorcist and The Omen movies, sure, based sure. on a novel like those were. Uh, but it has more than a few great moments in it. Mm. It's a really good, uh, almost a throwback horror film uh, because it has that gothic feel to it. Sure. So it's in the urban setting in New York. So it's got kind of those two. It's weird like things. relatable almost. Almost, almost. It was directed by uh, sort of a journeyman director named Michael Winner, mm. uh, who is best known for like directing. Being a the loser. F- yeah. No. <laughs> He was the director of the first three Death Wish movies. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, not. Uh. <laughs> he did a really good job with the Sentinel, though, in my opinion. Yeah. 
But the revelation here in this movie is the cast. The Sentinel has what may be one of the greatest cross-generational casts ever assembled for a film that you've never heard of. Wow. So we're talking about uh, like old school actors like Ava Gardner. No. And John Carradine. Burgess Meredith, who, of course, <gasps> I love him. was the Penguin in the Batman TV yeah. series, and Mick in the Rocky films. Yeah, Mick! Uh, Martin Balsam, who was in Psycho. Hmm. Uh, Eli Wallach uh, oh, was in he, this. Oh, he re- passed away a couple years ago, yeah. too, didn't he? Uh, Jose Ferrer. Oh, okay. Mel Ferrer's dad, who also passed away. Hmm. Uh, and these actors appear alongside Tom Berenger. Wow. Beverly D'Angelo. Jerry Orbach from Law & Order. Chris Sarandon, who is, of course, the voice of Jack Skellington yes! and a vampire in Fright Night. And also Jerry Orbach was in Beauty and the Beast. That's He's right. Lumiere. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And if that's not enough, Christopher Walken. All of them are in this movie. That is an amazing cast. Okay, you have me, Christopher Walken. I mean, my goodness. Wow. Yes. I have to see this. And I believe even uh, Jeff Goldblum makes a cameo in this. Okay, done. Young, Love it already. Young Jeff Goldblum. Love it. Uh, so, now, is, it, is, is this a great movie? No, it's not a great movie. Not really, anyway. But I, I have to say, if you get the chance to see it, because it is entertaining as hell. Ooh. Ooh. We can say that. Because it's that. it's topic. Darn it. Yeah. Now, The Sentinel does get a respectable 6.4 out of oh, 10 on the Internet Movie Database, but uh, only a 45% Ugh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics did not like the film when it came out. Uh, they complained <laughs> about the acting, and I'm like, uh, what it's do they not know? that bad. I mean, <laughs> I, and it has some real genuinely disturbing imagery, some good scares, and it's a fun movie. So, if you would like to rent The Sentinel, you can do so for $3.99 on all of the major players here. You're talking about YouTube, Vudu, Amazon Prime Video, and iTunes. So, The Sentinel. Definitely check it out. I want to watch this now. It's amazing. You're just pointing out it's like a who's who. You sold me. Yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold on it already. It's it's so good. It's so good. Now... Uh, I also I also do have some uh, some honorable as mentions. do I go please um, no dishonorable ones this week mm. but just honorable mentions uh, some of you might find these dishonorable I don't know <laughs> uh, Event Horizon okay which is of course the sci-fi horror movie where this uh, experimental uh, engine just creates a portal to hell okay it is a it is a very gooey very bloody mm. um, and but. It has, it, I love, I absolutely love the production design. It's got Sam Neill in it. I love, well, Lawrence Dr. Christian. Alan Grant. So there you go. There you yeah. go. Uh, the, okay, I'm going to qualify this. Uh, <laughs> the second Hellraiser movie. What? Yes, Hellraiser 2. No one likes Hellraiser 2. I love Hellraiser 2. <laughs> Nobody likes Hellraiser 3. <laughs> okay, I haven't even seen that one. Uh, but Hellraiser 2, simply because, over Hellraiser 1, not because it's a better movie, because it's not, I love it, but it's not better, but because it actually does go go into that version of hell. Okay. They actually go there. Okay. First film yeah. didn't go to hell. It had the Cenobites and all that coming from, but Hellraiser 2. But that was 2 scary. Actually, yeah. <laughs> but Hellraiser 2 actually went into hell where we saw Leviathan yep. and all that. Uh, so that's why that gets it. Uh, the Sam Raimi uh, dragged me to hell. Mm, haven't heard of it. That was a that freaked me out. Um, basically, a, a young woman denies a bank loan to an old gypsy lady uh, <laughs> and puts a curse on her, 
and basically she's trying to avoid being dragged into hell by demons. Okay. And uh, a, a Italian director, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, uh, an Italian you, film. You just it's, made up that name, didn't you? No, I did not. <laughs> Lucio Fulci, if I think if I'm saying that right, I don't know, is one of the premier um, horror directors uh, of Italian descent uh, in the you know 70s, 80s, and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Beyond, which is really good. So if you if you were interested in that kind of thing, please do. So those are my uh, honorable mentions for this week. What do you got? Well, I have one. I think I've mentioned it before, but I think Session 9 is still a fantastic movie. Now, it's based on the Danvers State Mental Hospital, Mm -hmm. which we also live close by, and isn't really in existence anymore, but it deals with some creepy things. And... Honestly, who doesn't like exploring abandoned buildings? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So check that out. And also for another mention that really isn't super related to anything we've talked about, but it's just a really good laugh. Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. It is so funny. Yes, yes, yes. Michael Sheen, David Tennant is in it. So good. It's based on the book by Neil... um, Gaiman. Gaiman. I almost called him Gainman. Anyways, Neil Gaiman or Neil Gaiman, whatever. It's a really, really fun show. And it's about basically a uh, rather pretentious angel who has a really good friendship with kind of like a funky demon who just doesn't really like, they don't fit inside yeah. of their their supposed roles. Right. And their job is to prevent the coming, the next coming of of. of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny. It's in like, I think five, five episodes. Um, just check it out. It's really funny. If you have Amazon prime, it is free to watch. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And you know, that just reminds me of something, you know, Uh-oh. movie news or actually TV news, but this counts. Uh, Neil Gaiman announced, uh, this week that production has begun on Sandman. Oh. A series based on his incredibly popular graphic novel series. Ooh. That should be amazing. Creepy. He uh, He's very excited. And he's like totally behind the project. Uh, and he's got his full support. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. That should be really, really interesting. Because Sandman's is just incredible. I have not at all seen that comic, but I've heard really good things. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. So. And wow. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yes. Absolutely. So keep uh, keep an eye out for that, literally, because it's Horror Month. Pop. Uh, and if you see, <laughs> what? La- last week we did pandemics. Yeah, we did. Uh, and I mentioned uh, the Amazon Prime uh, Utopia. Yes. Yeah. If you don't like if you don't like people's John eyes, John Cusack, isn't it? Yeah. If you don't mind people's getting eye watching people people's eyes getting popped out. You may want to skip that. But the first episode was great. Yes. It was. Yeah. It really was. It's a, it's a great. I recommend show. it. It's a great show. All right. So. Uh, we want to also mention that coming soon, uh, season three season of the three. Deep Dive Podcast, and we have a little bit of a contest. A little like bit of a contest. Yes, yeah, Amanda, we do. So, you know how we actually like hearing from our listeners? Occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah. But this time, we really want to hear from you. We have got season three coming up, and we want to hear some of your ideas, some of your topics. What would you like to hear us cover in a future episode? And so, if you get chosen, if one of your ideas get chosen, we'll actually do our best to have you on the show, mm-hmm. virtually, of course. Yes. Stay safe, socially distant. But here's how you get it goes. We want you to email us or DM us or Facebook us or tweet us your idea for a future show. And if we contact you, we'll get your details. We'll set up a time for you to record. Um, 
in the show and then basically with that comes along an excellent super awesome mega fantastic don't hype oversell package. It. it's just a really cool care package yeah. you're gonna get a t-shirt some magnets uh, some pins we have pins now um some stickers it's swag it is swag bag central yeah yeah you know like after the, those cons everyone walks around the end of it just picking up stuff this is all the stuff that was left on the floor but it's still cool it's still cool it's still really cool yeah sure <laughs> So uh, head over to the deep dive podcast.com, our website, where you'll find links to our email, social medias, all of our old episodes. And we really, really love to hear from you. Now, in that sense, if you want to go ahead and give us a rating, iTunes allows you to Mm -hmm, do that. mm -hmm. They allow you to pick only five stars. Just go ahead and pick five stars. (laughs) The more ratings we get, the more listeners we get. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened and stuck with us so far. It's been an amazing, amazing fun. Almost two years. I know, right? And Halloween month is always our favorite time oh, of the year. Absolutely. So we really hope you're enjoying these, these you know, fun, horror-filled episodes. And we've mm-hmm. got two more to come. Yes. Yeah, so that brings us to next week. Ooh. Week three of Horror Month. And this is one that I am really looking <laughs> forward to. We will be choosing our favorite best worst horror movie. It's going to be full of worst yes. things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Movies that are truly awful, but also amazing. But Yeah, exactly. And we wouldn't recommend them unless they were a little bit amazing. Yes, it's going to be so bad, it's good. It's good. It's like pizza. Can you ever really have bad pizza? Yes, and I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to discuss a, a cultural phenomenon that applies here. Uh, there is a term uh, that an actual term that is used to describe this sort of phenomena, and it's called bulldada. What? Yes, it is called bulldada, and basically the definition is something that is so bereft of value or quality <laughs> that it attains value and quality because of how bad it is. It transcends its own awfulness and then becomes something that is actually good because it's bad. So, yeah, we're going to talk about The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That counts. Uh, So, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. All right. So, where can people find our stuff, find our uh, emails, find where we are? All of that. Well, they... Easiest place, honestly, is our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. You'll have links to our all of our older episodes, all of them, actually, um, minus the first one because we don't talk about that one, <laughs> but also links to our social media. We're pretty heavy on Instagram. Um, we love interacting with you there. We post quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a Twitter, Facebook, you know, the generic stuff, but our email's there, too. And so if you want to take part in this contest, which we really hope you do, go ahead and email us at thedeepdivepodcast at gmail.com with your ideas. Keep them mostly PG. But honestly, yeah. we never have rules here. Nah. We had rules the first episode, and they now they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, they're also, gone. you can find our merch store with not only yes. our edition Horror Month 2020 t-shirts, but also all of our other t-shirts as well. Yeah, t-shirts are good. Yes. Everyone's t-shirts. wearing t-shirts these days. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Along with sweatpants, sweatpants and pajamas. Pajamas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All but that fun stuff. Check it out, right? There's a lot of cool stuff on our website. And um, why not listen to even last year's Halloween episodes to get a feel of what's coming up? Exactly. Sounds yeah. good. All right. So that does it for this week. On behalf of the, of the malicious Mandalorian Ooh. and myself, terrifying Tom Feeney. Can we have a countdown for Mandalorian season two? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, yes. So excited. All right, everybody stay healthy and whatever you do, don't look in the basement.
Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Bye. Not a hockey mask, though. That's just weird. But appropriate for this time of year. Yeah. Okay, bye. All clips used on this podcast are intended for educational purposes only and not to infringe on any existing copyrights. Ooh! The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios. Ah, ah, ah.